in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. everyone and welcome to this brand new episode of the top 10 i am john roca and i am matt nost we're here to bring you another movie discussion this time for uh hugh jackman who i'm kind of surprised we haven't discussed before got him in the background there from a movie that may or may not come up on the today's show <laughs> yes maybe yes maybe um yeah and this yeah, is this for, for the sun for uh, which is a that's film right. that's got coming out here which um i got a chance to see last year uh, but they're uh, finally releasing nationwide here uh, coming up this weekend. So an interesting film. Uh, he's a dad Laura Dern, who is divorced uh, from Laura Dern. He is with Vanessa Kirby. They have a son, uh, and which is, of course, the titular name of the, uh, the title there. And uh, stuff goes down between the family and all this stuff that gets explored here. So, uh, you know, kind of a rough film to watch uh, in certain spots. Uh, and I think he delivers a nice performance. But I kept that off my list because we both didn't have access to it but yeah um yeah i'll be intrigued uh coming out in a january release mm. isn't the best sign for any given movie so uh the fact that it might be good kind of shocking yeah yeah and it's a, by the same people who did the father so i guess he's got a trilogy coming maybe the daughter or the mother is coming i, I don't know which would be the next what's your bet what's your bet on who's the next family member he's gonna do a movie on? well is it all uh so is this the son of the father? Yes. Okay. The same actor plays the father. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I was about to say I thought Anthony yeah. Hopkins was the father. He plays uh he plays uh Jackman's dad in the movie. So okay. I wonder if the is something else coming down the road. Yeah, be I mean, because that had Oscar, yes, mentioned in its name. So then you think the son, like, oh, okay, very similar. And then it gets a January release, like, oh, that's yeah, unfortunate. Uh, because they had certain aspirations for it, yeah. And uh, I don't know, you know, the daughter, the mother, the I guess, I mean, if it's any kind of a success, they could get you know, a quadrilogy out of this and just <laughs> instead of a trilogy, you could keep going down the cousin, the, cousin, the, grand. the nephew doesn't have to end the second cousin yeah exactly depending on how successful the overall series is uh anything is possible that's true the nephew twice removed oh all kinds of things are possible i imagine <laughs> and then there'll be like taylor sheridan there'll be a prequel there'll be a whole prequel universe going on here going back in time the great-grandfather yeah i don't think he's got enough irons in the fire Mr. Sheridan. Oh, good God, dude. Insane how much stuff he's doing. Insane. Yeah. Between like him, Chandra rhymes. And then, uh, oh, what's his name? Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's like, man, you guys just churn and churn and churn and churn. How much of this is, uh, a situation where 
it's other people doing the bulk of the work and then you slap your name on it. Yeah. Because you're the one that, that sells the project. But if people keep eating it up, man, you know, it's yeah. how often do you get these moments? It's pretty rare. So might as well yeah. take full advantage while you have it. Yeah. I just finished Tulsa King. Cause the finale was this past Sunday um, as we're recording this on the Thursday. And I uh, really enjoyed it. I mean, it was, was it the most well-written taught type of uh, show? No, but I enjoyed Stallone. It was nice to see him st- stretch his uh, wings a little bit in a TV series. And Andrea Savage was good in the show. A couple of guys from like Boardwalk Empire and Sopranos being involved with this. Um, and I was just surprised how much I enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be cheese ball, but it was uh, a little less than cheese ball, which I liked. So okay. and that's all Tyler T- Taylor Sheridan as well. So, Oh, I didn't realize that was him as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of his universe as well. Good for good for him. I I watched the first episode of 1923. Oh, um, thoughts? It was okay. Oh, really? Not your jam, huh? Uh, it was. I don't know. I I didn't much care for Yellowstone. I thought yeah. maybe this would be a departure, something different, and uh, it it wasn't a soap opery. Okay. So there's that. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back for more episodes, uh, possibly. So let's see what uh, the TV diet looks like over the next uh, few weeks. Dude, there's a lot coming. Jesus Christ, there's a lot coming. Just already seeing how much is already going to be previewed. Um, that I've seen previewed, rather, on uh, Netflix and Hulu and um, Prime Video and all these places. It's insane how much is coming down the pike. I'm still trying to catch up on Wednesday. I still haven't finished Wednesday. So oh, I never started it. I figured oh. that was made for us, but not really made for us type of situation. That's what I assumed. It was yeah. primarily directed at teens. Yeah. And there's stuff that adults would like in there, but I haven't seen a second of it. So I don't know if that's the actual case. Yeah. 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 Uh, I watched uh, Chippendales. Did you watch that? Oh, I have not watched that. No, I didn't read the best of reviews. So I was, Kind it's of good. Offense. Is it good? Okay. It's good. All right. It's worth a watch for sure. Okay. He's good. Uh, Gamale? Yeah. Gamale's good. Uh, the guy from White Lotus is good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How's Annalie, the blonde? The blonde. Is she she's good? great. Okay. I love um, she's great. Yeah. It's a, it's a solid uh, movie. Okay. Or not movie. Pardon me. Show. But I mean, I mean, if you know the story of it, you know where it lands. Right. How many episodes is it? Uh, it's an odd number. It's either seven or nine. I want to say oh, nine. Wow. Okay. All right. Something like that, but it could be seven. Okay. But yeah, it ends where you already know it's going to end. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, it's, it's interesting uh, to watch. I thought it was well acted. Um, you get engaged to, uh, the characters in the story. Right. At least I did. I thought, I, I thought it was interesting. Okay. We just started, um, Will Trent the one that's out on abc um no clue on that one yeah he's a a detective or works for the georgia bureau investigation um uh erica christensen plays his on again off again girlfriend and kima from uh the wire Mm. she's his boss and i haven't seen her in much so it's kind of nice to see her in a series again um it's not bad I mean, as far as procedurals go, ABC procedurals, it's not bad. And I think the main guy, Ramon Rodriguez, who was also in The Wire. He was in season four of The Wire, I think. 
he's damn good in the in the, he was omar's boyfriend that season uh, okay yeah and he was he's damn good in the in the as the lead in this one as well so yeah that's not too bad not too bad of a show um, uh let's see watched uh one episode so far is stone house have you seen that it's on brit box what is that stone house uh matthew mcfadden is the lead oh is this the one about the um the politician parliament guy the lord yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh shit it's good uh episode one was good okay damn it i mean we gotta watch it yeah like three quarters of the way through and i was like i don't know how the world they get three episodes out of this (laughs) and then it ends and you're like okay all right i don't have the slightest clue where this goes so uh yeah he i always like him yeah so that already sucked me in. It was like, wow, it's it's rare if I see something where he's signed on to it that I'm not intrigued by. Yeah. So. I always uh, forget that, that he was in Frost versus Nixon. I always forget, or Frost Nixon, rather. I always forget that he was in that. Yeah, he's had a, a varied career, mm. to say the very least. Yeah. I think the first time I got introduced to him was The Pillars of the Earth or The Pillars of the World. What was that? Wow. Yeah, Pillars of the Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pillars, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was... Him and uh, anyway, uh, and I only watched that because Ian McShane was in it, right? Yeah, so like, oh, he's got a new show coming. All right, I'm watching. Um, I do that every time. Unfortunately, Ian signs on for bad projects by and large, yeah, kind of, yeah, 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 underutilized in my opinion. But uh, either, yeah, he just can't pick a script right, I don't know, or just things don't end up as yeah. good as I hope they would. How do you say yes to that rock Hercules? That's the one where you're just like, because ah, you think it's going to be a huge movie. Uh, maybe, I guess. Yeah. I don't blame him for that. Yeah. That's, that's a rock movie. <laughs> just like, I don't blame him for Hellboy. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Hellboy. Yeah. Yeah. It was not his fault. That movie was garbage. <laughs> Hell, oh, the, the reboot, the David I, Harbor. Right. Yeah. Harbor. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was like, you got Harbor, you got McShane, all right. And then it was not good. Yeah. But that's all right. That was one of those ones where I was glad, because I think it came out while I was still a collider, that they didn't ask me to do the review, because I was like, I don't want to tear this thing up, um, because it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, when they announced that, I was looking so looking forward to it, and then it actually comes out and see it, and you're like, hey. (laughs) Yeah, it's you want it to be better than it, than it is yeah. and then even at the f- finished product you're like ah, trying to you know i was trying to sell myself on <laughs> i just didn't enjoy because i like both of those two so much yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i went i saw a fucking violent night just because david harbour so good that movie I love yeah movie. surprised it's yeah. really good yeah uh i don't think it did any kind of numbers but you know yeah it's still out of theaters though so that's not a negative yeah, stuff. but it's post Christmas, so I can't imagine wow. what kind of eyes it's drawing at this point. Right. You know, given the fact that he plays Santa Claus, <laughs> people have kind of moved on. What is? I'm trying to look at like, yeah, because actually the January releases have not been bad. Apparently, people are liking Plane. I'm going to see that this weekend. And um, Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 71 right now. Dude, that's insane that a 71, it's 71%. That means it's not, maybe not that bad. So no. I mean, I did read a couple of reviews were like, listen, for a January release, <laughs> and it starts like that, and you're like, okay, that's fine. That's okay. fair in my book. Yeah. 
but it's I read others were like, it's a solid action movie, and that's exactly what you're gonna get. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Um yeah, I just didn't want it to be a geostorm type okay. of situation. Oh my god, a geostorm? No, I, I didn't yeah, I guess that's a fair point. That's a that's a rough one, yeah. Oh, that movie sucks. Gerard doesn't have the best track record, in my opinion. Yeah, Hunter Killer. Yeah, Hunter Killer was <laughs> not the best. But I did Although, like I, I like Den of Thieves. I thought Den of Thieves was good. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the the whole mastermind Kaiser Sose thing, I thought yeah. was like, okay, I'm not sure if I'm buying that, but right. I found the movie entertaining. Yeah. And I haven't seen Cop Shop. Oh, Cop Shop is a blast. Yeah, it's all I've heard is it's oh. if you like those type of movies, yes. it's a great version of those types of movies. So much fun, Cop Shop. So much fun. Yeah, because I mean, a man called Otto comes out or came out, I guess, by the time this is released, and I really liked it. So I, I thought Man Called Otto was good. So you know, January maybe not too bad January for some of these releases. Just throwing it out there. So how do the uh, Golden Globes shake out for you? Any surprises? Um, surprises? No, I didn't expect Austin Butler to win, even though I liked him in the role. Um, I liked the Colin one. But that was also, I didn't think that was uh, a bit of a stretch either. Um, the Kihui Kwan speech was fantastic. The yep. Michelle Yao speech was fantastic. Um, um, Angela Bassett's speech was great. Uh, I don't know. Jared Carmichael was kind of half and half in terms of some. Gerard. Yeah, right. What did, did you think he was? I mean, I only saw clips. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't watch the li- I don't watch any of those ceremonies because they go they drone on for too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus the Golden Globes, the the categories, yeah, don't make a lot of sense at times. It's like why is this in comedy musical if you're basically just trying to shoehorn in another dramatic actor or a yeah. you know film or whatever the case is, uh, just so you could have more stars in the audience, right? Uh, but it's still it gives you an idea of. Mm what the general consensus is trending towards it doesn't yeah. always indicate, but it's just like, uh, there's momentum going in this direction. And sometimes I think that will, uh, you know, pan it like Colin, I'm pretty sure is a lock to win. Uh, yeah. Depending. I mean, cause of the Brendan Fraser in the whale, but some of the backlash against that movie I've seen. So maybe that may affect it, you know, cause I thought his performance was incredible in that film. Uh, and you're right. Colin is building. Yeah, and depending on what gets nominated for Best Picture, I don't think Fablemans has the inside track or anything. Oh, God, that film. Yeah, I, I don't know who's going to win Best Picture. Right. I mean, the ones nominated for, for Best Drama, which is their version of it, is Avatar, Elvis, Fablemans, Tar, and Top Gun. Yeah. And I once you add in everything, everywhere, Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah. And a couple others, you know, to fill out to get to eight or ten. It's kind of a wide open race at that point. I don't think Fablemans has it though. I hope not, man. I did not like that movie. I thought it was half decent, is what I thought. But overall, I was just like, man, this is such a letdown. Um, so I'd, I'd be, yeah, I'd be, I'd be like, oh, damn it. I, I feel like they voted nostalgia if it wins Best Picture because I think there's much more daring 
uh, interesting and well-made films out there than than the Fablemans. Uh, yeah, but we've had a string over the past decade of just okay Best Picture winners when you look at the field. Mm -hmm. Just like, uh, all right, I guess, type of situations, your green books. Yeah. Oh, your, yeah. yeah. Like a coda I enjoyed, and I figured that yeah. was going to win just because it was so uplifting in a year when we kind of needed something like that. But it, yeah. I'm not blown away by that movie. No, I think there were better films made that year than Coda, but I understand why Coda won, and I don't have a problem that Coda won. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, given the context of everything that was going on, it's just mm -hmm. like I could fully understand why everybody gravitated towards something that like this. That's why when I finished it, I was like, this has a good shot. Yeah. Uh, and up until that point, I was, I would have voted for that had I had a vote because it was mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know what? This is one of the few that actually made me feel good at the end of the day because <laughs> it had been a long fucking year. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but yeah, like Shape of Water, I don't think I'll ever see again. Yeah, I don't feel called to watch that one again, even though I love no. Guillermo. It's yeah. not one that I necessarily, his Pinocchio, I would watch multiple times and I probably will. But the Shape of Water, I wasn't a, a big fan of. So not that I think he didn't he deserve to win. I think he did deserve to win. I just not one that I'm going to, you know, pop on or buy in any format uh, to have. Even if it was Criterion, I still wouldn't buy. Yeah, that, um, one, that one might get a best Oscar nod. I uh, What, Pinocchio? You think yeah. it'll, you think but, I should to get like a best? To get nominated. Animated. Okay, okay. But um, just given his pedigree. Yeah, yeah. And then the amount of time it took to make this and all that jazz. Uh, yeah. It's got a shot. I mean, if they want to fill out the full 10 and have as wide and varied a field as they can, just because yeah. it's a interesting year. Yeah. 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 I just don't see many of the straight dramas flat out running away with this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot, cause almost, almost, uh, sorry, there's a lot of them that have humor within them. So are they really straight up dramas? Do you know, like Banshees, I know it was in the comedy musical category, but it really, there's a lot of drama. I mean, the dude's, cutting off his fucking fingers he's trying to break up a friendship it's it's there's a lot of drama in that movie amidst some of the comedy so it's interesting how the the genres are kind of mixing together so to speak the categories well so yeah we'll see yeah you think cruz has a shot as at, what best at actor winning, at winning uh i do you in a million years see the academy giving cruz an oscar for this the fact that the sag awards snubbed him my answer is no because that is huge. And they also snubbed uh, Michelle Williams for Fablemans. So that speaks volumes to me that your own peers didn't vote for you for best actress. That is a huge thing. Well, it's the Hollywood foreign press. No, no, for Golden Globes. But I mean, the SAG Awards. Oh, was, SAG Awards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Neither her nor Tom Cruise were nominated for those acting awards. So to me, that that is a part of the that's a big part of the industry. Yeah, so I wonder if that's the way this is going, and that we won't get a nomination for Cruz, and we won't get a nomination for Michelle Williams at the end of the day. I don't know, you know. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I really would be surprised if he gets nominated because there's always that thing about Tom that he's like always oh, he's a movie star, not an actor. Um, even though I think this is one of his greatest performances. Um, so yeah, I would be surprised if he gets nominated. But in no way do I think he's going to win, you know, even if he does get nominated. Yeah, that's another category where I don't have a huge idea as to 
who's going to win yeah yeah for best actor because when butler takes it last night <laughs> there's so many of these now where it's like yeah. oh if you play a musician you're going to get an automatic nomination right um and i thought he was fantastic i couldn't believe oh, how much great. i bought into the reality of him as elvis yeah but i'm i'm not entirely sure the academy's going to do an cuz we we have had rami we've had jamie fox yeah uh joaquin probably would have won had fox not won it the year before right like we, we've had this numerous times um i'm just I, i'm not sure i don't know if i believe him I still think Colin has the inside track on that. Yeah. I think it's Colin or Frazier. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think anybody else has a serious shot at it other than those two. You know, and it's nice of Austin to win for that, but I have a feeling, that, and Colin too, but I have a feeling that um, if they had to choose between the two, even the Hollywood Foreign Press, I think, would, would side with Colin Farrell yeah. or Austin Butler. So, yeah. Yeah, whereas the inverse, the potential Kate Blanchett versus Michelle Yeoh, I think Michelle Yeoh has the inside track there. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Just, also, because I don't think a lot everybody's... of people have seen Tar. Yeah. True. Yeah. And then the ones that have, they've all, that I've talked to, have the same reaction. Just like, oh, man, that is, as a fucking slog. Yeah, I'm dreading it, man. I'm still burnt by uh, watching Blonde. It took me four days to finish Blonde. I don't know how long Tar is going to take me to finish, man. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it just because of the reaction of every person I know that has seen it. As <laughs> most most of them, I will say, haven't been disappointed that they watched. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's not like I've spoken with anybody who's been like, it, oh, it was so incredible. They're all like, oh, man, it was... Like they just got done with some Sisyphean task of rolling a boulder up a hill. <laughs> and you might have finally gotten it to the top. And no, you didn't. It rolls back down. Uh, but yeah. it's got all the buzz yeah. in the world. It's like, this is the best performance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she's yeah. always fantastic. Oh, yeah. So you just kind of like, yeah, I got to watch this at some point. Yeah. But I'm not looking forward to it. It's like taking your medicine. It, that's what it feels like to me. It's like, it's something I have to do and I don't know why I have to do it. Uh, you take this tar and you put it in your mouth. Yeah. A spoonful of tar. But it's, you know. Yeah. Uh, exactly. That, that's a perfect reaction. I need to see it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, eventually. I've got that and women talking sitting right there in front of the television, staring at me every day going, you're going to have to watch us. At some point, you are going to have to watch us. So, Did you see She Said? I thought that was good. I thought I loved She Said. And I'm super just fucking pissed that that film is not getting more recognition for best picture, for writing, for directing, for acting. And you know, see some of like Variety today. I re I retweeted Variety's um, article about male about how no female directors were nominated here on the DGAs, and I was like, yeah, it's a little frustrating when you see great performance, great uh, directorial performances from Maria Schrader for she said, and I think Gina Prince Bythewood for Woman King, which I thought was fantastic. They're not getting recognized all over the place, and people are retorting with, well, 
you know, they're, they're, they just didn't direct good movies. It's like bullshit. These are good fucking movies, better than the Fablemans, in my opinion. So it's just frustrating. And she said, "Is I mean, it's on Peacock now. Um, I might pop it on this weekend on a, just a, in between because I don't want to watch that Giants Vikings thing. I could give two shits about that game. Mm-hmm. I might put it on during that pocket of wind of time and watch it again because I thought it was an excellent, excellent film. Now, do you think Woman King should be nominated for Best Picture? Yes. 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 I mean, if you're going to give me Fablemans, I will absolutely kick that out for The Woman King. I thought that was a much better film, in my opinion. Hmm. Did you see Fablemans? Did you like it? I have yet to watch. There's, there's the three directors doing their autobiographies. Oh, Bardo? Yeah, you got Inaratus, you've got uh, Spielberg's, and then you've got uh, uh, Son of a Bitch. What was the other track? Is it Guiding Light? What is that other, the third one? Oh, Empire of Light. Empire of Light. The Sam Mendes one. Yes. Sam, yeah. You got all three, and I'm staring at all three going, I have, this is another, it's not quite tar. (laughs) Inaratus is the only one that I want to see. Dude, it is excellent. Yeah. I've seen it twice. And I've started to watch it a third time. It won't leave my mind. Um, Matt, I don't, I don't know if you'll like it, but I have a feeling you will because you kind of you enjoy these films and really take these bold chances. The stuff he has in that movie, I'm just like, fuck, this is. Yeah, the trailer's like, it's interesting. Not, yeah. You've at least, in, yeah, but I'm catching up on all the movies. I wasn't in a movie phase as much as I normally am. So yeah. I was yeah. only watching one or maybe two a week for quite a while. So I've got a backlog and I've been slowly getting through the backlog since it's been like so crappy out and all that stuff. Right. Plowing through four or five movies a week lately. Yeah. So all three of those, I think I'm just going to do in one week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just to kind of like stack up and compare, but I'll finish all this before long before the Oscars. Right. Right. But yeah, trying to get through your RRRs and your Marcel, the shell and your, with the shoes off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, getting through all that other stuff. But Woman King, I, I don't know. I think it was hyped too much. I thought it was okay at best. For me. Oh, I got gotcha. you. It didn't really work for you as strongly as it. As I loved Viola Davis and gotcha. all the rest I thought was weak. Okay. Understood. Yeah. I thought she was fantastic. And mm. uh, which sucks because there's a few people in that that I've seen in a lot of things and I've always enjoyed them. And I thought it was like, dang, mm. I could take her leave. But yeah, like Lashana Lynch. She was great then. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, eh, I just want to see Viola more, to be perfectly honest. She was strong in that film. And when you see her in that and you think of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and you're like, my God, look at the shape that she got into. That's There's a there's just a force of will to get yourself into that kind of shape to play a character like that from where you put on the pounds for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And a lot of women, I'll tell you, it's, so, it, it's much more difficult to lose weight as they get older uh, than it is for men. And so it's like the fact that she was that committed to get into that kind of shape speaks volumes about how, what she wanted to do with that movie. You know, I was surprised that didn't get more love at the Golden Globes. Wait a minute, I mean, yeah, Viola Davis nominated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it wasn't up for Best Picture Drama. Uh, yeah. So I just figured the buzz around that would propel it into nope. that type of realm. Sorry about that. Let me turn my phone off. Yeah. 
but yeah, we're not too far from uh, yeah. Oscar time. Yeah. So you can feel it in the air, buddy. You can feel it in the yeah. air. Yeah, need to catch up. So I actually have a qualified opinion in my own head as to what I think should win. Because there's nothing worse than when you, you're you watching and it's, oh, best su- the supporting actor. And be like, I've only seen two of the five. Yeah. yeah. So I can't give you legitimate between these two i like this performance better but right. so i try and anybody that's nominated i've never been a hundred percent where i've seen all the oh. drama oh. plus all the performances plus you know all the major categories i've never right. i don't think ever been able to see everything uh and sometimes there's just certain stuff like i don't care that you were nominated that movie doesn't look like it's my cup of tea so i'm just not going to watch it yes. which happens yes agreed uh but I make a concerted effort every year. <laughs> I, I don't want to say I like, I never watch. I haven't watched forever just because it's, it's too fucking long, hmm. but I do refresh on my phone. Keep updating. Who's one, who's one, who's one. Right. And I do do the stupid thing of feeling outrage when certain things win and I don't agree with it. You yeah. know, my opinion is diametrically opposed to the outcome. Yeah. Especially when you're like, I'll take either of these three over this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How the fuck did this win? Unless those three split the vote type of a oh, bunch yeah. of voters were in the same boat I'm in. Like, oh, I like all three of these. And then enough people gravitate towards the other. But that's also kind of rare. That's why I think it should be uh, transparent. You should see what Never everybody's gonna vote is. Never going to fucking happen. I know. It frustrates the shit out of me that that's. Now, do they do a weighted ballot? Do you know? Or is it just this is my choice? Oh, no, it's a weighted ballot. It's like, you know, okay. and if you get enough second place votes, then that film all of a sudden rises up, that kind of thing. That's how they usually do it. And that's that just to even get to the 10. And then, because they don't always get to the 10, obviously. And then from that point, then they vote again with the ones that are selected uh, to see which one kind of ends up having the most votes overall, which I think is how they do it. Well, it would just seem then if that were the case, why isn't there 10 every year? Yeah, I don't know. Unless there's a three-way tie or something for the last one, but then you would assume vote total would just determine that as opposed to percentage. It may be that you have to have a certain vote total. A to threshold? To, to, yeah, like a, at least you have to get at least this many votes. And if you don't, by the time the rounds are coming through, you don't get to uh, be nominated for it. I, I bet you they even have sub rules into that because there could be years that only four hit that threshold because the field is so spread. It's so like, well, we have to get to five at least. Right. Uh, How do we make that decision? Yeah. It's just maybe it's whatever the fifth one has the actual most votes. Yeah. It didn't hit the, how many ever voting members will say a thousand. It's yeah. probably a little bit more than that, but instead of hitting the 400 or 500, it needs to cross in, cross into the, potential range maybe they lower the threshold well maybe that's possible um all right anyway do you want to uh jump into this we're 30 minutes into the show or you want to talk about something else what do you want to do uh i mean we're 30 minutes in we want to do what we did last time which is we'll go for a little bit longer take the break and then we'll zoom through our lists for the sounds second good. half of the show sounds good matt how are you feeling about the nfl playoffs what do you got um I don't believe in anyone in the NFC. Wow. Not even the 49ers? Really? Brock Purdy. 5-0, dude. 
He's six and zero, oh, isn't he? Oh, is six he and zero. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, 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 but that would be incredible. Do they're my they're the best team in my opinion, right? Overall, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. When you look at that defense, and then you look at the offensive weapons they have, it's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. And if they just had, I'm not against Purdy. He's been right. incredible. But to come in. And then go through this. So you're telling me he goes ten and zero or nine and zero, whatever the case is, and closes out. Yeah, that would be amazing. Didn't Big Ben win like twelve or fourteen in a row when he took over for the Steelers that year? That he was a a quarterback. I thought. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what the continuous streak was, but I was. It's not like he was crushing. No. 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 Yeah, it's not like they're winning by twenty one points every game and stuff like that. No. 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 They were close Uh, games. Yeah, squeaking out. I mean, they weren't the Vikings of this year or anything, but that team is a sham. I was uh, first off from from all Bears fans. Thank you to the Lions. I saw a few of my friends that I know are Lions fans on Friday and Saturday last week, and I told all of them, just so you know, I'm a Bears or Lions fan this weekend. Yeah. And I am cheering for you, and I love their entire attitude about we don't give a shit that we're out of the playoffs. We're going to knock you out of the playoffs. Yeah, It's like beautiful. I'm all for it. I was pulling for them to make it in because I think that they're a more fun team because Minnesota is a sham. He is a sh- They are a shame. I-, I was mad that – I was sad that the Lions didn't get in. And there were a lot of dubious calls that helped the Seahawks in that Rams game. And so you wonder – what was the overall point of this? Because, I mean, they would have gotten in. I think they'd have beaten the Packers by more if an actual playoff position was on the line. Because the way that they played just to be spoilers was great. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, once again, choking in a big game in January at home. It's just standard practice. Three years in a row. Yeah, standard practice for Aaron. And, you know, Favre, who he's always compared to, obviously – much better in January at home for the Packers. Remember, they had that streak for such a long time until Michael Vick beat them in, in Green Bay in the playoffs. So, like, this idea that, that Aaron Rodgers is like, everybody's like, oh, the, one of the greatest. He's the greatest. It's like, you're all insane. He's a damn good quarterback. He won one Super Bowl. I think he got to another one, didn't win it. But at the end of the day, all the other shit around him kind of kind of knocks him down a little bit, you know? So... I don't think, yeah, I I was cheering for the Lions the whole time. And mm-hmm. especially after that dude pushed the trainer out of the way, I was like, yeah, fuck the Packers now. Yeah, well, you should have been saying fuck the Packers regardless. <laughs> uh, I like Green Bay. It's a, it's a fucking... I, that's the thing. I, I like the story of Green that's Bay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I, I like. like the fans of Green Bay. They're not smug pricks like they could be. Right, right. Uh, but they have... Is- dominated my team which i'm wearing a refrigerator perry shirt right now oh nice they've dominated my team yeah for so fucking long yeah that it's just nice to see them in a bit of turmoil it's it's fantastic welcome to what everybody else deals with by and large every year yeah yeah um yeah so i was uh yeah i was watching the rams game hoping the rams would win so then detroit could beat the Packers and make it into the playoffs. Yeah. But even when they couldn't, I, you know what? I'd be curious as to whether or not they win that game if playoffs are on the line because the Lions were playing more recklessly, knowing yes. our only job is to knock them out of the playoffs. Oh, good point, man. Yeah. Cause that, that, uh, 
hook and ladder play they did on that whatever third and whatever. I was like, this, that is some gutsy ass. Yeah, there's, there's, they got nothing to lose. It only you have to look at it as, hey, that was basically our playoffs, and this is a building block towards next year, and we're trending in the right direction. And I really think we're going to try and buy into Jared Goff. <laughs> I still don't believe that. That that would be my priority of can we upgrade at this position? Even though he had statistically and a great season. I think he's set. I mean, the general manager came out and said. He is set. This is our guy. Yep. So, fuck. That's kind of crazy. They could end up winning this trade, to be honest with you. If the Lions stay consistently a threat and actually win a Super Bowl. That's the thing. They have to win a Super Bowl. They have to. Yes, absolutely. For them to win the trade, Goff has to win the Super Bowl for the Lions. But if they can be in the mix and win a Super Bowl uh, for a few years, I think they uh, win won that trade in the long run because Stafford's already fucking toast. Like he's a he's a journeyman waiting just and he doesn't even know it yet. You know, I'd retire if I was him. There's nothing left in that arm of his, um, and the injuries are piling up now more than ever. So you won your Super Bowl. Get you the Brad Johnson of this generation. Roll on out of here, man. Ah, he's better than Brad Johnson. I'm just saying he won that one Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, that's like saying he's Trent Dilfer. Be like, that's he's no, Dilfer's, better. Dilfer's, if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, then you can start making comparisons probably. To, to, I know, because Trent Dilfer was a game manager and just let the defense win. That's true. That was Trent Dilfer's role. Yeah. And, yeah, Stafford was a lone, you know, shining light in the Detroit abyss. For sure. a number of years, him and Megatron. Megatron, right. And it was just the two of them. It kind of blows my mind that Jamal Williams broke Barry Sanders' single-season touchdown. Yeah, extra game. Rec- oh, right. Yeah, all these records where... Ah, good point. Yeah, Justin Jefferson couldn't break Megatron's and be like, yeah, and you also had an extra game, too, and you couldn't break <laughs> Megatron's. Good- Not to say Jefferson isn't absolutely amazing. He's great. And he could do it potentially, yeah. You know, down the line. But any record that gets broken like that now, it's like, uh, did he do it in the previous? I'm not saying it's not a legitimate record. It's just no, no. When you compare it to the older ones, you're like, yeah, he did it in one fewer game. Yeah. I was rewatching um, the game highlights from that Bears Eagles double doink game, mm. and I was thinking to myself, like, because I know we're, if they win that game, does. Trubisky take you guys to the Super Bowl? Does he win the Super Bowl that year? I think that's a stretch. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, our defense was We're twelve and four, right? Great. Great. Yeah, our defense was great. Yeah, Erlacher and all them. But it was the same thing it is every year. We just need our quarterback to make a couple plays. Yeah. And our defense is so solid that we can hang with anybody. Yeah. Uh, cause he would have those games where it's just like, this guy looks in- incredible. And then the next game he's sailing passes five feet over everybody's head. Right. Like, Fuck. Uh, that's why with fields, it's like, we might actually for once have something here. I still don't believe in his arm a hundred percent, but yeah. his head, uh, like the game slowed down a little bit for him mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the season progressed. So I think there's a lot of positivity there. So I'm all for trading down. Oh, yeah, because you guys pick. have the number one pick. That's yeah. Right. yeah. I like that the GM came out and said, we don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. Because 
it might force the Carolinas of the world and a couple other teams who are desperate to get a quarterback to maybe offer us this yeah. year's first, next year's first, a second rounder or something else, like try and get as much out of this as we possibly can. Yeah. Uh, Cause we need a lot of things, not just one thing. We need our offensive line. We got to retool the wide receiver core. Our, Certainly wide receivers, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine our running backs are going to be long for this world. Uh, just the way the NFL churns through running backs now, our defense needs to be retooled. Like we got a, we got a lot to work on. Yeah. Um, but maybe he makes that leap like Trevor did this year, Trevor Lawrence. So maybe. Yeah, let's not compare him to Trevor. I think Trevor's still up and down. <laughs> He's, he looks good certain games and other games. He's just like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> but it's also easy to sit on my couch and say that shit. I don't have a 300 pound man that can run a four five forty running at me right now. <laughs> four or five of them, four or five of them going at you. Yeah. 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 I like it though. It's good stories. A lot of good stories going into the weekend. It's going to, I think there's, I think with six games, I think. So there's five out of the six that I really want to watch. Uh, I mean, I don't care about the giants Vikings games. It, it's boring to me, but the other games have some nice drama and intrigue. And, I mean, if Tampa Bay can upset Dallas, that I would be cracking my ass up the whole time after that game because Tom Brady showing up just one time, you know, to, to get it done like he used to, that could be hilarious. I mean, if he's been playing possum all year, that would just be one of the fucking most insane things ever. That game in general, I don't care about either team. <laughs> I don't. Like, I want the Niners, and I actually am kind of pulling for the Giants. Oh, over the Vikes? Yeah. yeah I just think the Vikes are a fraud. I, I don't disagree with you, man. Yeah. It's Kirk Cousins. Nothing's ever going to be real with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I just uh, look at their point differential, and they're all these one-score games, and they're yeah. just, everything has gone their way, um, which championship team, those 50-50 balls go your way more often True. than not, but it's a, it seems like a disproportionate number of times. Yeah. So how sustainable is this? Can you really... This is Brock Purdy level. Like, is this really going to continue and on this trajectory? I, I just can't imagine, statistically speaking, that that's going to be the case. Yeah. Bill Barnwell, I used to read him all the time on the on the Grantland and Ringer, and he taught on ESPN, he talks about it. Like, you know, those one-score games, they eventually yeah, um, the, the odds balance out, and they may balance out at the worst possible time for you. And so... I think the Viking. I mean, look and look at some like two out of the three losses or two, two out of the four losses they had. They were blown the fuck out. Not even not close. Blown the fuck out. Like the Packers destroyed them. And then was it the 49ers that destroyed them? Like somebody came in there or Dallas. They killed them. And they're just like, oh man. So they certainly have it in their DNA to get destroyed. And the Colts had no business giving up that lead. No business giving up that lead for fuck's sake. So it's the Colts. Yeah. I think Ursay absolutely hired him to tank the fucking season. Totally. Yeah, maybe. I wouldn't. I, there's no other way I would believe that. Because I, I think with what Flores did by coming out and saying, you know, Miami told me to tank the season, I think maybe Ursay was like, ah, yeah, I, you know, I better find a guy who's a company guy who's going to do what I ask him to do and not out me, you know. Yeah, Saturday will return to the booth. Yeah. But we'll see. And yeah, then the AFC, I think you got three teams that could all make it. And that's where, mm. that's what I find intriguing. Yeah, the Bills. 
Bills, Chiefs, and uh, Bengals. Oh, no faith in the Chargers, huh? I mean, I I would love it. I'm not against it if they do it. Do you think and they beat I, the Jaguars this weekend, or do you think? Yeah, I think they beat the Jaguars okay. this weekend. Okay. Okay. I think they have the talent to do it. I just yeah. I don't know their uh, decision making at times from the coaching staff leaves me questioning. Plus, like last week, I don't know why they're playing their guys. Yeah. When the game is pointless. Just like they're running the risk of getting injuries for no reason. I don't yeah. understand this, but at the same time, it's like I. I'm just somebody sitting at home. So who am I? Uh, I just, they live and breathe it. So there had to be some sort of rationale as to why they made that decision. I just can't for the life of me fathom what it was, but yeah, I think there's three teams in the AFC and all three could win. Yeah. uh, The whole thing. So, yeah, I like the bills. I like the bills for the motivation, obviously now the extra motivation, Uh, but the, the Bengals, the Bengals are that swaggering person, like they're, they're the embodiment of swagger. Person just comes in, is cocky, just believes in, and just like frustrated by this person, and they get the job done, and then roll on out. And so it feels like he, they have that kind of, like they don't care about um, what your motivation is or what happened to your player. They're about here to win the game, and they respect the fact that this situation happened with Demar Hamlin, but. I think they're much more like we're gonna we're here to win the game, man. That's what we're here to do. Not get caught up in all that sentiment shit. We're here to play. And so I just have a feeling they may play spoiler all the way through and get back into that Super Bowl as well. So yeah, you might be right on the Bengals. Um yeah, they started the year off slow, but that's Super Bowl hangover, and then mm-hmm. teams don't practice near as much and they don't play their guys in the preseason. So the start of the season is kind of hit and miss. You don't know exactly what you're getting at any yeah. point. So the fact that they started slow, they're trending in the right direction now. So that's all that matters. And they have more talent than damn near anybody, especially on the offensive side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they got threats galore all over the field. They got two running backs. I like, and a wide receiver core that matches anybody's in the league. Yeah. And a quarterback who's got, you know, the stones to make the throws. Plus he's getting rid of the ball much earlier now, yeah. which is a good sign instead of just sitting on it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I could, I would believe all three teams make it. Yeah. Possible. Very possible. Um, all right. Anything more we want to hit on or shall we take a quick break? Uh, let's take a quick break. Hear this yeah. word from our sponsor and be by, right there, back right after this. All right. There we are <laughs> now into our lists. Hey, oh, 46 minutes into a show. <laughs> Um, yes. All right. So, uh, yeah, we do our show. I do three. He does three. I do two. He does two. Then we do one a piece and then we combine the two of ours to create the top tens at the end. So at 10, I have the surprisingly the greatest showman. Well, you son of a, all right. Uh, I guess a slight punt, a slight punt. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) At nine, I've got Eddie the Eagle. That's my eight. Okay. Smaller part. Yes, smaller part. This is Taryn's movie. Yeah. Um, but it's a good feel-good movie about a story that I don't recall because I yeah. was a little kid. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. But it's trying, a, you're always trying to what, age me out of this. You're always, you're always trying to say. What What was that? The Was it the 84 or the 88? It was the 84, wasn't it? I think it was 88. Okay. I was aware of it. 
I think. Why? The 88 Olympics, I was nine years old. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't recall it. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't, in my house, we watched more so the Summer Olympics than the winter. Oh, right. Winter, we'd only check in for certain events. Fair enough. Yeah, it was Wait. 1988. There it is. Okay. Ski jump, Olympic ski jumping. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't recall ever watching a ski jump event until the advent of the internet. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, just cause you have to specifically catch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I'd see clips, but I'm saying like actually watching it as the event is unfolding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. My dad was a big Olympics person. So we would watch them winter and summer. And certainly, you know, I was at that time when Wild World of Sports was a big deal. And so you, the ending was the, you know, the agony of defeat was the thing off the slalom. Um, and so, yeah, ski jumping was something that I was always aware of. And and what's the speed skating? Speed skating as well. With sure. I loved speed skating. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we were always into both of the Olympics. So yeah, I knew the story, but I, I didn't know the like particulars of the story too deeply. Mm -hmm. um, so exploring them in the movie, I thought was fantastic. And Dexter Fletcher, who also did Rocket Man, I think he does. I think he gets a great performance from Taron Egerton every time he directs him. I thought the guy that did Rocket Man did uh, Greatest Showman. No, Greatest Showman is um, wait, who's, who's? Oh God, now I forget. Isn't it the two guys who did Greatest Showman? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure Greatest Showman was oh, one person. Michael Gracie. Michael Gracie. Uh, he did. No, yeah, he. Yeah, he did oh, Rocket he did Man. Do oh, Rocket a... Man. Shit. I thought Dexter Fletcher did Rocket Man. Oh, my bad, dude. Okay. But that sounds right, too. Oh, no, wait. No, he did. Dexter Fletcher directed it. Oh, uh, Gracie produced. Gracie produced it, yes. So, yeah. He was originally attached to direct before being replaced by Dexter Fletcher. Right. Because Dexter Fletcher came in and finished off Bohemian Rhapsody for Singer after all that drama. It's one way to put it. <laughs> well, I don't want to. Yeah, I've I said just... my piece on, 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 on that guy many times. So. Uh, yeah, but it's a, I mean, uh, Hugh Jackman plays the mentor. To Terrence character who shows up and by technicality gets into the Olympics and just wants to to try to do his best and everything like that. And some people take it as an affront to the sport and others gravitate towards it because it's a story that we can all kind of identify. What if you just put a normal person into a crazy sport like this? Yeah. Uh, and it blossoms from there. But they have a good chemistry between the two of them and Jackman's really good at it. And they give Jackman a storyline. Uh, yeah. This idea of, you know, his mentor not kind of digging in it as self-confidence and that kind of thing. So it was so fun to see like those two kind of storylines playing out at the same time, both trying to prove themselves to people who are skeptics of what they're doing. So mm -hmm. yeah, that was cool. Um, all right. So what's your eight? Uh, my eight is the front runner. Oh, you got to see it. You finally I watched it. I did get to okay. see it. I did oh. watch it. It's a solid movie. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and you could see why it was made now to give you like uh a a reflection of of 
where we've made this gradual move in how we cover politics, how we digest politics right. from the media side and also from the public side. Yeah. Because the only reason that we now hunt out those types of stories is because the audience, the public at large, eats it up. The salacious details, we want to know every little bit of it. And uh, Gary Hart was the front runner in yes. 1988 and the prohibitive favorite mm -hmm. that it looked like he was going to run away with the Democratic uh, nomination and potentially take the White House, um, that he was a good counter to uh, George Bush yeah. on his, you know, leaving the vice presidency and wanting to take the mantle himself. And uh, he gets caught kind of fooling around uh, outside of his marriage. Yeah. And initially it looks like they're going to be able to tamp it down um, because they can kind of poke holes in the credibility of the original, you know, reporting Yeah, enough that it leaves the public at large kind of skeptical and then more details come out and he makes the decision to bow out. And depending on who the candidate is today, I'm not sure that same decision would be made across no. the board. No, uh, I think, I think we've changed about that in many ways, you know, and clear, clearly people are much more interested in winning it than they are about some of these peccadilloes, so to speak. Um, and I also think adultery isn't seen as, abhorrently as it was back then you know what i'm saying and which was at times a bit performative as well um because all those motherfuckers were probably cheating on their wives or husbands depending on what the gender was there and so yeah i mean like it's politicians they have access to all these kinds of things and obviously kennedy cheated all through his presidency and never it never cost him anything you know so he was just gary was just stupid enough to get caught uh unfortunately and in the end, you know, that's what cost him. Well, because up until that point, it was an open secret that politicians did this, especially the highest mm -hmm. elected mm -hmm. officials. As Alfred Molina character, his yeah. character's the, uh, I would imagine, editor-in-chief or editor-in-charge of right. the New York Times. Right. I don't know what his title is, but everybody kind of looks to him to make the decisions. Yeah. Um, but he talks about kennedy and johnson administrations about yeah. the women coming in and out it's like it's a it was a different time yep and that said quite a bit about you know politics of yore so now fast forward to where we're at now and depending on who it is they could cheat on their spouse and get caught numerous times and the public at large doesn't care and yeah. that's on both sides of the aisle yeah yeah that is not directed solely at uh, Trump, because Clinton couldn't keep his dick in his pants either. A hundred percent. And people still revere him. Still revere. Yeah. yeah. He got reelected after yeah. all the controversies came out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so long as it's your guy, apparently you're willing to turn a blind eye to it. I think that's the ugly truth about it all. And we're really seeing it in such a mag magnified way. Uh, with Trump, but you're right. Clinton did kind of the same thing, you know? And so, God, and I think man. that's why so much of the right gets so upset because so much of the left was fawning all over Clinton and the things that people were mad about with Trump, Clinton kind of did himself. So they feel that there's a bit of hypocrisy there, which I guess you can understand. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I mean, I think there's differences between the two and I don't oh, really, sure. really want to get into it on the show because right, right, right. it's just going to, you know, foster animosity. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Yeah, but uh, hypocrisy exists on both sides. Yeah, 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 agreed. Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's it's funny now you you wonder because look at the things that like sank. Yeah, and you wonder if Gary had just stayed in the race, would it have blown over? Right? Would it have been just eventually kind of gone by the wayside? Yeah. You know? Would people have been able to do what they do now and divorce mm-hmm. the morality of the individuals philandering versus their competency to potentially right. do the job? Could he have issued a really genuine apology, performative or not, that would have got people back on his side? Yeah. Maybe. 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 Or maybe it took the public the amount of time it's gotten to where we're at now, and they're just kind of uh, like, yeah, he said he was sorry, and right. we're moving on. I still think I still think about the Howard Dean scream, and I'm like, that's so yeah, that nowadays. Tanked a presidential entirely on one scream, and everybody went, nope. It's ridiculous. Oh man, or Dukakis in that tank. Oh, dude, just the the dumb moves, man. The dumb moves. Um, yeah, but in those, it seems like people were looking for a reason not to buy in. Probably. So if it's a picture of Dukakis with that helmet on, and it looks like he has Mickey Mouse ears, they were already on the fence. Plus, I think that. Go ahead, go ahead, sir. Well, I was going to say that coupled with the, I think his was the capital punishment question. At yeah, the right. The Willie Horton stuff. Yeah. 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 But it's like uh, the Vikings. You, you, you know they're a fraud. You're just looking for the excuse to show how much of a fraud they are. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. Paper Tiger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So that was your eight? Yes. Okay. So my 10 is Van Helsing. Okay. Go for it. I like that movie. I know a lot of people don't like the movie, but... There's a there's a fun in that movie that I just enjoy. I mean, the opera Frankenstein is great, but I like his performance. Kate uh, Beckinsale is great as well. Um, Richard Roxburgh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. They tried to make him a villain in, in a number of films around that time, but it just really didn't really quite work. But overall, I think the film has a joy to it that I like, a cheesy B-movie joy to it. Um, and he does a nice job in the role. Uh, and his prop, he understands what he's supposed to be doing in all the scenes that he's in. So you don't ever sense that he's taking it way too seriously or he's trying to create something out of this that it isn't. So I always thought it got a bit of a bum rap, but I enjoyed him in the film. Um, it's not the greatest film, but I enjoyed him in it for sure. I <laughs> have not seen this since it came out. Okay. And I saw it when it came out and uh, didn't enjoy it now who knows if i watch it now maybe i'm just like i was fun you can tell jackman had a good time i would experience it differently yeah but i didn't know him as well as i do now i'm talking about like Mm. from the movies he's given us over the years i don't know the fucking guy at all right so i would view it through a different prism i would imagine today but uh yeah at the time i thought it was kind of forgettable yeah yeah uh all right so then my number nine is real steel i'll go for it yeah, I like this movie. I really You're not do. alone. Yeah, I, I, you know, eventually Lily in the film and the kid who I can't remember who the kid is, but like this, I I thought this was going to be a throwaway film, one of those like throwaway films that no one is going to give two shits about. It. And it didn't do that much money, but there are a few of us that really liked it, and we crow about it whenever we get a chance to talk about it. And I certainly enjoy this kind of different performance as you said this is still near the beginning of hugh jackman showing what he can do and in the film he's like this grizzled guy who's been through a terrible 
uh, loss and um, he doesn't want to help and what it all means for him to come back into that kind of stuff. He wants to stay out of it. Uh, and it takes the kid and um, eventually Lily to kind of wake him up to his bitterness and realize that he's got to get back in the game, get back in the, in, in life. And so I like that as the film goes along, like the progression of it all, like the chemistry with characters. Uh, and I enjoyed the story that it was trying to tell and the technology I thought was cool. Kind of like rock'em sock'em robots, but with you using your whole body, almost virtual reality type stuff that I thought was really good. I think, uh, first off, isn't it the kid from Phantom Menace? Is it? Is it? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, do, 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 do. No, it says Dakota Goyo. Is that who that is? No. no. Okay. The Dakota Goyo. Yeah, I never heard of that guy. I do not know that name in the slightest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he didn't. He hasn't done anything since 2014. But yeah, he was in Real Steel. He played young Thor in the first Thor movie. Um, and he was in the Rise of the Guardians movie as a character named J.B. Bennett. Oh, and huh. Noah. He played young Noah in that Noah film with Crow. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's why I couldn't remember him because he's not memorable. Um but Evangeline Lily, Anthony Mackie. Oh, that's right. Anthony Mackie. Right. I'd forgot that he was in this. That's right. Yeah. I think had I been a kid when I first saw this, mm-hmm. I would have loved it and it would have carried with me. Um, but yeah. I thought it was entertaining. I just, uh, I don't know. It doesn't crack my top 10. Yeah. Sean Levy directed it, uh, who was, of course, directing a bunch of stuff now with Free Guy and Adam Project. Um, and he's got something else coming out that I'm coming up soon that I can't remember what it is, but yeah, kind of making his name now a little more widely, uh, with people. Um, all right. So then my number eight was already Eddie the Eagle. So what's your seven? Uh, my seven is a cheat, Ooh. <laughs> okay. which is bad education. The oh, him and Allison Janney. I kept that off my list because it never got released. I know, but it's okay, really good. Talk about so it. talk about it. it's such a good film, dude. It is. It was, it's an HBO movie it never got an actual theatrical release but in this day and age of things get streamed yeah this is the lie that i tell myself to qualify for this list (laughs) even though that it came out before the movies that would technically fall under this qualification i don't care so it's about uh i want to say it's set in new jersey but there's Mm. it ends up that hugh jackman and allison janney have been stealing funds from the school district and the school district is willing once they find out to turn a blind eye to it because between the two of them and Jackman being the primary face of it, they've turned the school district and that school in particular into one of the best in the entire country. Yeah. So it behooves the parents to protect this because now that drives up real estate prices and makes all of them richer. Right. So you have to look at it as, the tens of millions of dollars they embezzled, which I think it is, is on the scale of like 15 to $20 million they embezzled. Yeah. yeah. If you look at it, the collective real estate price increase in valuation of all the constituents that, that, you know, have money in this land. Yeah. Then that 22 million is basically kind of pales in comparison because that is spread across all taxpayers. Right. As opposed to, just the specific individuals 
that gain the most benefit from this. I don't know how they derive the money that goes into schools. Uh, out here, it's property taxes primarily, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, but still. So they're all like, let's just hush hush this. And it's one high school reporter that uncovers this and then goes further. And she's her own like Woodward and Bernstein. And she uncovers all of it. Yeah. Uh, like traces this shell company. I don't know how much I should give away. Traces the shell company back to its origin. And that is more illuminating as to how big this whole thing is. Yeah. And family members of Alice and Janney are taking advantage of the system because she's given them access to a, a credit card that they shouldn't have. And they've right. bought all kinds of ridiculous supplies and construction items for personal projects. And it's based on a true story. Yeah. That's the crazier thing, which I didn't know anything about it until I saw this movie. Uh, yeah. Just because I don't have kids in a school district in New Jersey. So it doesn't affect me in the slightest, <laughs> uh, but it's really good. And the two of them are, I mean, act Dude, the performances are both fantastic. Yeah, they're really great. I enjoy them, and and the twists and turns of this one, as they come up, because you kind of like are, you you kind of see like okay, you I, I don't know it's tough. He does such a great job because you're watching him and you're like, I'm I know he thinks he feels sorry for it, but he keeps repeating mm-hmm. the mistake and then keeps wanting to cover it up, and uh, you know they're trying to find their way to intimidate this young journalists not to reveal this stuff and it's all so unsavory and then they have that i think they have that scene near the end where they're just kind of talking outside and it's like it all could have gone differently if they hadn't if they had made a couple of if they'd made different decisions a couple of times and it's just fascinating because there's a tragic aspect to that that they have that in their minds you know and watching janny kind of watching everything pull out from under her and then trying to figure out her spot and all this. And then the genuine emotion that comes out of it. And then Jackman, I don't know what the, he did with his face, but there are just so many different emotions rolling through his face when he's confronted with all these lies. You know, it's not like William H. Macy, who's like fumbling around trying he's more like, I'm going to confidence my way through this whole thing. I, I'm just mm-hmm. going to charm my way through this whole thing. And the way they push his hair back and kind of slick it back a little bit, it all helps to kind of show this approach that he's got because you're right. It's that mixture of like, well, he did all this great stuff, but like he also did this. Yeah. What's your feeling on this? Where do you land on this? And it asks a great question of the viewer when you're watching it. And I think Ray Romano is great as well. He is yeah, so much fun in the film. As that well. one, yeah, trying to help keep it quiet at first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I understood the motivations yeah. of the school board and being like, this is a big, we don't need this type of publicity right if we stop it now then we can stop the bleeding and then hopefully it just goes away and we've already paid all you know all that money fine let's move forward yeah because even if you do get you know you sue for restitution you're never gonna see no a dime yeah a, right. a fraction of that money is a best case scenario true true yeah and the young india the young girl who plays the um Reporter is the same girl from Blockers. So um, I'd like to see her more and stuff. She's a really good actress. Um, all right. What's your six? Uh, my six is Missing Link, the stop motion. Oh, go ahead. I never watched this one. Go ahead, man. So the after seeing it once, I've seen it twice. Okay. I walked out of the theater going, uh, it was okay. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's visually, it could be the most stunning of any of their stop motion of Lakers. Wow, really? Okay. Um, huh. I just some of the settings because they they start in the Pacific Northwest. That's mm -hmm. where they find Galifianakis book Bigfoot, but he wants to go to the Himalayas to find his potential cousins and Yetis. Mm -hmm. So that's where Jackman is this trying to get into the royal society and not to uh, like a royal explorers kind of society right. in in london so he goes to find the sasquatch because the sasquatch would prove his bona fides and get him into that society right and but he elects to take galifianakis to the himalayas to potentially meet his cousins and some of the scenes that they have with the mountainscapes and there's one like this overhead bird's eye shots that is absolutely stunning and they have yeah. a cross the sea voyage and the settings are incredible, especially for stop motion. Uh, but on, upon a second viewing, I got sucked more into the story and I like the humor better the second time. Maybe it's mm. just because I knew the resolution of the movie overall. So I enjoyed the ride right? as opposed to trying to focus in on where I think they're going to land this. Um, but I am always kind of a sucker for stop motion just because the amount of time effort, and care that goes into it right that it takes years upon years of planning and then execution to end up with this end product and unlike a movie set you can't improv you can't punch up a script as you're going yeah. or if you think of a good idea you know force it in there like this has to be choreographed from miles away because otherwise it's going to screw up quite a few different things you can't change how a character looks because you've already you know, shot so much. There's no yeah. way we're going back to fucking do any of that. Um, yeah. so I think uh, Jackman gives a great performance as the explorer, this brash confidence, but it's not cockiness, it's right. just assured that he's going to be able to pull all this off. And uh, it's a it's a excellent voice performance on his on his uh, okay part. I gotta take a look at this one then. Because I hadn't seen the, I didn't see that it got the greatest reviews, but I guess maybe I should see it. All right. Um, all right. So then my number seven is the pun from earlier, The Greatest Showman. Okay. Because it's not, it's not a colossal performance. Do you know what I'm saying? But sure. it's great in it as a song. It's as a song and dance man, it's an incredible um uh piece of work by him. But drama-wise, it's a bit cheesy and um mm -hmm. broad. And so I, I I couldn't put it higher on my list for some of the other performances that he's done, and I would have put it below uh, Bad Education if if I had uh, put it on my list as well because I think he's great in that as we talked about. But yeah, in this you're seeing Hugh Jackman the entertainer, man. I mean the the, the songs he sings, he really brings them to life as you're watching him do it, the dancing, all of that. He's so committed to the role. So overall, I love the movie, but his performance isn't like you know, groundbreaking in his uh, delivery of them, but it's an incredible window into his talent and the level of his talent um, as a musical theater performer. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. There's no honest setbacks. Like yeah. the trajectory of the film doesn't have a traditional character arc. Yeah. It's mostly just kind of an upward trend with slight little valleys as it goes mm -hmm. and it ends. So it's all, it's very feel good. Yes. The whole movie is feel good. Even the setbacks have 
relatively quick resolutions. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Through song. Yeah. Yeah, through song. But like the, you know, anytime there's kind of like a hiccup, it's yeah. two scenes later, we've moved on. Right. But the songs are, there's a couple in there that are very catchy. I love all the songs, man. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you want a movie that's going to make you feel good, this is exactly what the doctor ordered. Mm-hmm. And I think he's really good at it. You can tell this is something he loves to do. Oh, yeah. Which comes across. And yeah. I think, uh, I think Zach Efron's haircut looks really weird around the ears. And if you want to pull up a picture, they trimmed around the ears really high. And that's any scene he's in. I just can't help but stare at that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I've had it happen to me once. That's oh. why I noticed it. Gotcha, gotcha, Where, gotcha. New barber, and then suddenly, instead of you know how they do the right behind, oh, of course, the yeah. ear, so the hair still drapes, it is above the ear, so it, like the skin behind it is showing, and mm. it highlights the ear itself. It looks really. Find a picture. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> Look at that. That's museum. Can you get a profile shot of Zac Efron from The Greatest Showman? That's the question. Let me see if I can find one. <laughs> um. All right, and then my number six is The Fountain. Uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. this is. I know this is a divisive film, Aronofsky with The Fountain, but I liked it. It is so fucking out there. And his work in this thing, playing all these multiple characters as it goes through time, is just fantastic. You know, I know Cloud, Cloud Atlas is okay. I don't think it's great, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. The Fountain, for whatever reason, is my jam. And I know Aronofsky is not everybody's cup of tea, but I like what he what he did with this and him and Rachel Weiss and the chemistry that they have and the different times and the visuals and the demand he makes of Hugh Jackman as an actor. And you can tell like he is just like, yes, I'm going to give you everything I got. And it is all there with no shame and no walls. And I just so enjoy his performance. Does the film work 100% overall? No, but the the not a hundred percent, but the the emotion of the connection that he has with Rachel is there through every one of the scenes, um, and it's just f- so interesting to watch his work in this uh, film for sure. That's what I would say. Um, I've been looking for a Zac Efron picture. Yeah, see, I couldn't find. Ah, oh, you mother! <laughs> it saved it as a, a web page. Oh yeah, WebP is the fucking worst. Yeah, it's like what 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 is anybody supposed to do with that? Whoever invented that, I don't know. I'm not saying they should be shot in the head, but they should receive some kind of pain for God's sakes. Uh, <laughs> I tried to send it over in the private chat, but it won't oh. let me send a picture. Okay. All right. Who gives a shit? You can look it up, find it yourself. The two photos I found, like you can kind of see it. There's just a few times where he turns in the film, and that's all I could stare at. I'm looking at it right now. There's one with him and Zendaya that you can get a better shot of it. Okay. All right. But I see I, what you're saying, though. If you go in close, you can see it. That little Yeah, so of, there's a couple yeah. where he turns, and then it looks like it almost goes even higher over the arc of the year itself. Now, this maybe that was... supposed to look, but that's not how it looks. It's, it's close to that. It's yeah. close to that. Like, that just seems strange to me that Zendaya... Uh, side shots of it. Oh, maybe this one is that what you mean? Oh, no, yeah, kind of. 
Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a little bit there. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. Um. All right. Where are we off to? Oops. Not sure. That was your six, right? Yeah. What's your five? Uh, my five is the prestige. Oh, uh, slight punt. All right. My five is uh, Les Miserables. That's my four. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Really enjoy him in the film. Um, I'm not a Russell Crowe fan of him in the film. I'm actually not a big fan of the film overall, but his performance. Now, when you talk about Greatest Showman, you're seeing his talent as a musical theater performer in a broad situation. But in Les Mis, it's much more specific. And it is so well done. And the emotion that he goes through in the arc of uh, the journey, it also works. And he's tender when he needs to be. He's um, frustrated frustrated, and, and a fighter when he needs to be and um, reflective when he needs to be as well. So he just he, it's incredible the range he goes through as an actor in that film. Uh, and it was fun to watch him in it. Yeah, I, I bought into I, I enjoy the movie so much that Russell Crowe doesn't bother me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I think it's it's uh it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't detract from my enjoyment okay. of the movie overall because I think he somewhat delivers what the character <laughs> needs to be. Well, I just it's so weird to say that about Russell because <laughs> He's pretty much always spot on. I know. That's why it's such an anomaly. You're like, yeah, he is so good in everything else. How the fuck did he think this was a good performance? It really is. It just boggles the mind, man. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen everything Russell's done, like that new poker movie thing. Oh. Uh, You know what I'm talking about? the terrible Road Rage movie, Matt, he was good in the Road Rage movie, which was horrible, but he was good in it. Yeah. He's... uh, but I think Jackman and Anne Hathaway and Eddie Redmayne and Amanda Seyfried and everybody just brings it so thoroughly, but Jackman especially. Uh, and they even added a song that's not in the play for right. Jackman's character in the movie, and he crushes that. And I think it's a good addition to the to the film itself and to the story. But I buy into everything that he is going through in terms of what that character has lived. Yeah. He really pulls off all the different, the emotional range yeah. uh, of the character as a whole. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty, it's pretty damn good movie. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. What's your four? That well, was, that was my four. So the, we, okay. So then my four is uh, X-Men first class, uh, the, uh, sorry, no, uh, Days of Future Past. X-Men. All right. So that's my three. Okay. I didn't choose X-Men because, I mean, he's part of the ensemble, but in Days of Future Past, he is the focus of the movie. I'm trying to get Charles and uh, um, Eric to get on the same page to realize what their battle is going to lead to in the future. Um, And I thought he does an, I think he did an excellent job. Like this is maybe my second or third favorite Wolverine performance uh, from him. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, because he just really kind of conveys uh, what's happening for him, the frustration of it all, the battling with everybody, trying to force everybody to go to this, it go in the same direction so that this thing can be stopped. And you can tell that he brings a lot of weight to what he's doing throughout the whole movie. Uh, yeah, it does. This is the reason I chose it is a lot of what you just brought up. Mm. 
that it does focus on his character needing to drive the storyline yeah. as opposed to either it's ensemble or he's one story, there's another story, and there's a third story because it's X-Men. So there's different pairings off you can do. Yeah. And they can all kind of reach in the uh, the finale up together and then they all cross over and boom, we have our completion. Whereas yeah. he is the primary through line of getting to completion in this. Yeah. Now, it does have the deviation at the end with the Shea Stadium and all that jazz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, But I think as far as X-Men movie go, the ensemble ones, this is my favorite of them. Yeah. I think it's the best told. It's the best structured. And it's the story that is the most coherent. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with finally being able to utilize Wolverine to almost his fullest capacity. Uh, I also think it's the last time Jennifer Lawrence gave a shit about an X-Men film. Quite possibly. Yeah. 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 I mean, she has the nice speech with Magneto. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so there yeah. is some sort of motivation there. And I guess after that would be what uh, rise of the Phoenix when she has the speech. <sighs> yeah. It's, but she's already checked out. We all know she's checked out at that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay. So then we're up to my three, which is the prestige. Go ahead, Matt. That was higher. Up. Oh, it's, it's, it was your, on your list first. Sorry. It's cold where I'm at. Um, Are you for, Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. My whole screen went to load. So I'm pretty sure I froze or something on yours. Yeah. Yeah. You're back now. Uh, so what's your number three? Uh, the prestige. Which is All right, well, yeah. it's higher on your what list. You so go for it. Oh, okay. I mean, like this is a film that I've come to appreciate the more I've watched it over the last few years. Uh, the, you know, cause I was, I, I was a Hugh Jackman fan of his character in the movie. And with Bale, I just didn't like Christian Bale, even though, you know, what's happening here. Cause I get the frustration of wanting to achieve a certain thing. But then as I've gotten older, I see the Christian Bale aspect of this all much more clearly. And so you see the um, almost, how can I say this, almost pig-headedness uh, of Jackman's approach in the film to achieving what he wants to achieve and what it can lead to and what it causes. And so watching him play that out, it's not an easy thing to step into a role here and essentially hand over the film to your second lead. Uh, as a character, but I think Jackman does an excellent job. You see the frustration, you see the anger, you see the desperation, um, the hurt, all of it. And when he's, when he realizes what's happened, just the utter drop in the face is just incredible work by him um, throughout that movie. I stopped using that term incredible. I keep saying it for everything, but it's fascinating. I guess I would say fascinating. What, um, in hindsight, like looking back on it, it's interesting to me that as a magician, he doesn't think of the more obvious explanation <laughs> as opposed to the fantastical one, because he knows there is no magic. Yeah. It's all ruse. And that's what I built a career upon. Yeah. And to eventually stumble upon this fantastical device yeah. created by Nikola Tesla and settle upon that that's what upon rewatching that's what gets me each time is mm. looking at his character knowing his character is about to make a choice and that the character repeatedly does it 
knowing full well that they're not even going to be able to take advantage of the outcome, that it's going to be something else. And that's what gets me that realization. That's still, that's, I think a a sign of how good that movie is. Mm -hmm. It still has an impact after having seen the movie, you know, more than once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Chris Nolan has crafted a really good, excellent, you know, movie once again. Yeah. Depending on the day, it, it's my number one, depending on the day. Other times, it's something else. Uh, all right, what's your two? Uh, my deuce is probably your one, which is Logan. Yeah. How dare you? What the fuck? Well, your your two is my one. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, all right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this is, to me, the, the performance of his life. I mean, Damn. I rewatched what a couple of weeks ago. I rewatched an hour of it. Uh, it was on FX or whatever, and it was on. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll sit through the commercials. I don't care. I I, I watch this, and I I it's kind of mind blowing to see that he's got this performance in him. Um, of course, we've talked about other films that he's done that you can see the angst or the frustration or the desperation in his voice that we mentioned earlier or his performance. But in this man, there's there's just this haggard lived in exhausted um energy that i've never seen him do in any other film and the way he is uh trying to shut down x23 from having anything to do with him when he had been so open to taking care of rogue and and making sure she fit in in the previous x-men movies uh, and caring for the kids and all of that to see him kind of turn that off is a really rough uh, thing to watch and watching him battle it, his instinct to want to help, but his instinct, but it's all, but also his realization that whenever he does shit happens um, mm-hmm. coming to terms with that, you know, and then the loss of Charles, that is such an incredibly emotional scene. And when he's there by the graveyard, when he says, like, you know, you can see the water when he's after he's buried him. Oh, my God, it devastates me every time. And then at the end, you know, when he has that scene with uh, X-23 and says, you know, don't let them tell you what you can be. You know, that everything from top to bottom. An incredible, uh, again, I said uh, a a career defining achievement in his in that in that film for him, for me, uh, watching him do that. Um, Yeah, in the context of superhero films Mm. it's it's part of the spectrum of here's what's possible with these yeah good point yeah absolutely where you can tell a story that still exists in that world but it's something that we can all draw parallels from yeah in our own lives is we look at our own mortality and deal with the inevitability that that awaits and to see someone who has been timeless now grapple with the idea of I have an expiration just like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Finally. It's, comes it's, early, yeah. it's like the Superman one where he realizes that because the sun is so powerful mm-hmm. that he is actually slowly dying because he's accumulating so much energy from it yeah. that instead of being perpetually potentially immortal, it was slowly killing him. It's yeah. like, oh, well, now there's stakes to this that I can identify with. Right. And he brings a lot of that with it. And I also like the, when he runs into the Eric LaSalle normal family. Oh. 
the collateral damage that can happen from yeah. someone like this existing in the real world is not something you see in superhero films because normally they solve the the problem. They right. they carry the day. Right. And it's just like it's one person up against an entire little platoon. Yeah. They'll be able to stop some, but they can't take them all. Right. And that is a much more grounded approach to the situation um, in comparison to what we normally see in superhero films, where they can do everything and they're superheroes. And I love that the film doesn't pull any punches. Like, as you mentioned, the Eric LaSalle situation. Yes, he saves um, Logan in that moment by slamming X-24 into the loader or whatever that is. But because X-24 had killed his family... That was his way of getting a little bit of vengeance, but he was getting out of that car to kill Logan himself. And I love that they threw that in there. And it, it was only because he'd ran out of life that he wasn't able to finish the job. He would have, he would have killed them both. Right. And so I love that that was there. So just to show, just to throw more of the weight and guilt on top of um, Logan's shoulders of the collateral damage that's involved when he's around the film didn't, didn't, default to a hero moment you know where they have some kind of closure before he dies while he's sitting in the cab of the truck you know it's actually him wanting to kill logan as well because of what he's brought to his family so, uh, yeah, it's such a gutsy film man you know um so what is your two uh prisoners yeah yeah that's my yeah. number one go ahead uh yeah i just so the difference between the two for for me is prisoners. I don't know that I can find any fault in anything in it. Whereas Logan is just like I could have done without the Lord of the Flies, Mad Max kids. <laughs> and that's the difference between the two. Fair enough. Fair enough. And prisoners <laughs> asks an impossible question of us all: What would you do? Oh yeah, because it. it to rush headlong into a situation like that where you have undeniable certainty as to what who did wrong in this situation and you have no proof other than yeah. a gut feeling yeah to move forward on that action and then where the story inevitably the outcome of it yeah. i don't want to spoil because there are people that haven't seen it yeah how do you feel about the decisions made in it yeah because I still kind of grapple with it when I watch, knowing right. where it ends up. Does his, Is his choice the correct one? Yeah. And I'm not entirely sure, and I think that's the sign of a good film, and th this being a good film, it still makes me question, even though I know what the resolution is. Yeah. So would color your perspective of this one way or the other, and it still makes me go, this is still fucking gray as shit. Yeah. And excellent performances across the board from every single person in this cast. Yeah. Uh yeah, this is like for Paul Dano, this is a thankless movie and he crushes it. Yeah. And Jackman, I mean, when he is enraged and on the brinking uh, teetering on on the edge of madness, I so thoroughly believe that this is a man who has nothing left to lose and is is unhinged. Yeah. And just holding it together for society, but inside, it's like he's already made a choice and he's gone feral. Yeah. And he, he plays that back and forth so beautifully. 
And well, just seeing how that one thing can slide a man like this into that exist state of existence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Villeneuve does an excellent job of showing you how that is within a lot of people um, because the loss is so devastating that it triggers that response, you know, almost fatalistic response um, and a desperate response to find out, to get that answer. Like I cannot exist. I cannot function. I cannot move forward until I find out one way or another what actually happened, you know? And if you got to put me in, in a pit, then so be it. But I've got to find out, you know? Yeah. But it's great. Yeah, it's an impactful, emotional movie that will carry with you long after you've seen it. Yeah. It took me a while to come around to watch it finally. And when I did, I was like, oh, my God, this one is relentless. Yeah. Relentless. Yeah, I can't not picture Paul Dano in that box. (laughs) It's the first thing I think of. Yeah. And just kind of this pathetic soul being locked up and caged like an animal. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they give that away in the trailer. So yeah, yeah. I'm not really spoiling anything. Uh, but that's the first thing I think of is, you know, Jackman, just the, the polarity of these two individuals yeah, who are just three feet apart. Uh, but yeah. And Leo's the mom, right? Melissa Leo. She's so Yeah, cool. oh, You mean Dano's mom? Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah, so good. I, that sounds right. Yeah, Melissa Leo. Yeah, that's right. Maria Bello is uh, his wife. That's right. I think Terrence is good in the film as well. I like Terrence in the film. Um. All right. Well, there you go. That's our uh, Hugh Jackman films. Uh, we'll put this list together. I'll get the bongos out. All right. I'll get the coin. <laughs> Already perfect. We have a choice at one, so here we go. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. All right, so Logan wins it. Hell. All right, Logan Prisoners, I would say X-Men, because that's three, four. Okay. You have Prestige at three? Yeah. Okay. So X-Men, Days of Future Past. Then the prestige, then Les Mis, and then we have Eddie the Eagle and Greatest Showman. Yeah, Showman, you had at seven. Yep. Uh, I guess that makes sense. It's seven ten. Where one through five is done. Oh, okay. All right, so there's Greatest Showman at six. Okay. Eddie the Eagle is eight nine. Do you just want to put it there? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, so what's your next highest? Uh, the Fountain at number six. Uh, all right, I have my six. Oh, shit. Here we go. All right, flipping again. All right, I take that one. So missing link and then the Fountain, and we have one left. All right. Next highest. Logan Prisoners, The Prestige. X-Men, Les Mis, The Fountain, Greatest Room, Eddie the Eagle. Real Steel is my number nine. Okay, I got Bad Education at seven. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I don't have a problem with that because that's such a good movie. So, All right. Uh, there we go. 
the top 10 Hugh Jackman movies. Yeah. At number 10. Bad Education. At number nine. The Fountain. At number eight. Missing Link. At number seven. Eddie the Eagle. At number six. The Greatest Showman. At number five. Les Miserables. At number four. The Prestige. At number three. X-Men Days of Future Past. At number two. Prisoners. And our number one Hugh Jackman film is... Is Logan. Logan. So there we go. Um, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, it's at Top 10 Show, all spelled out. And on Instagram and YouTube, it's forward slash The Top 10 Podcast with the number 10. So hit us up and you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Check out my other show, Settle the Score. You can find that anywhere you get podcasts and you can watch it over at YouTube.com forward slash Matt Nost. And you can follow me at The Roca Says on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, The Outlaw Nation on Twitch. I may make, maybe making an appearance on a certain program that Matt just spoke about very soon. Quite possibly. Uh, not going to re- re- reveal the results. Um, and please head on over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says to see all the stuff that's going on there. Trying to get to 50,000 subscribers, trying to double my subscribers here in the year of 2023. Uh, crazy goals, but hopefully that can happen. And my other podcasts, the cinephiles, uh, the geek buddies and the hot mic with Jeff Snyder. All right. Y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. We'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top 10. Ooh.